Welcome everyone. I just wanted to take a moment before we get into our normal show opening and just say a quick thank you for Steffi for joining me for today's interview. And also a huge thank you for Maurice for introducing us to. For those of you that would like to see our interview as it was recorded on Riverside, you can do so by visiting the show's YouTube channel, which is Lost Without Japan and enjoy it there. One word of kind of heads up, I should say, is that the video is largely unedited, but our interview, if you're listening through podcast right now, is what you would normally expect. Both kind of offer a different experience and truly, for this interview in particular, I would recommend watching and listening to both. So with that being said, you are in for a true treat. And with that, let's get into our normal show. Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido. Michael. Already having too much fun. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Got it. Okay. Okay. Welcome to a special Lost Without Moments bonus interview episode of the Lost Without Japan podcast. Our bi-weekly podcast is focused on getting you to Japan for your first visit or to make your next adventure to Japan even better than your last. Today's special interview episode is with Stephanie, also known as Steffi, who is a first for the show as a YouTuber who's based in Japan. And this is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and his own return in summer 2023. I'd like to thank you all for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at the moment. My belief is that we can all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for your time and returning once more. For today's show, let me introduce our special guest, Steffi, who has resided in Japan since 2019 and was introduced to us by friend of the show, Maurice. I truly feel fortunate to have Steffi join us to discuss what it's like to live in Japan, produce YouTube, provide amazing things on Instagram on her multiple accounts, which we'll talk about, and just look like she's having a blast while doing so. Welcome, Steffi. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's nice to meet you, kind of virtually. (laughs) Thank you so much, like truly, for making time for our listeners. Listeners, you have no idea how much time she's already made for us today. But we are joining her today for this episode to geek out about Japan and share some laughs and a little bit about her YouTube channel, Steffi Says. Before we get going with the episode, where can listeners go to ask you questions about just 
life in general, anything that they see, maybe like you like you've said before, you know, they can't necessarily message through YouTube. But where can they try to get a hold of you if they have questions about your coffee that you're posting, pizza, treats, whatever it is that they want to uh, get in touch with? Sure. I, I like that everything you mentioned is food. That's that's like a perfect summary of my personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's why we get along so well already. I, I got to tell you right now. Food and drinks are great. <laughs> Do you need anything else? No. You need a cool shirt. We'll talk about your shirt that I Thank think you. is absolutely cool here, Thank you know, you. as I well here in a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. You know, like two special shirts, you know, in one. But uh, before I go, like before we get into your shirt and yes. a little bit about you, where, you know, where can they go to find you? Right. Thank you. So um, my YouTube channel is Steffi Says, which is one word, S-T-E-P-H-Y. But yeah, you can't message on YouTube, as you mentioned. So if uh, listeners want to find me on Instagram, they can message me at, at SteffiSays.Japan. And I have a second Instagram account, which is specifically focused on Taiyaki. Um, if you don't know what Taiyaki is, you're really missing out. Um, anyway, that is at Taiyaki.Steffi. You're like definitely uh, making me want to check that out more on this visit. What can you go ahead and share about yourself and if you don't mind, um, your awesome shirt as well. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so my name is Stephanie or Steffi, as you've mentioned. Um, I'm an American living in Japan for around four years. Uh, I try to just do everything I can. It's kind of my personality. I do not relax. Um, my friends will tell you this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just I post a lot of travel or a lot of random stuff that I do in Japan. Recently, I've been um, doing Taiko. So I posted a, a thing about that. Um, anyway. So yeah, I just, I try to do everything I can. Um, this shirt, uh, I have not been paid to sponsor this brand, but they are so amazing um, that I do it out of uh, pure love. I didn't even mean it. I'm doing it out of pure love. Ah! <laughs> That's All right. right. That's right. Listen. Like, come on. Come on. If there's an advertiser listening, like, come on. Come on. Yeah. You, you have to give that to her. I mean, they, they really should. They really should put me on the payroll. But <laughs> this is, you'll see the accent mark here. This is Pude fruit gummies. Um, Pude fruit gummies are the best fruit gummy you're ever going to have in your life. So I would highly recommend when you come, please try to collect them all. I will definitely do so and, and see if my daughter uh, compares them to her her love of fruit by the foot Ooh. um you know like you know like that, that comparison yeah. that that hardcore like mm. that's that's intense if you're you're going so far as to you know her love of that i'm I, i'm gonna bring it back hand it to her please you know, do addison please addison do. you can already know that you're gonna be getting this even though i know you don't listen to my show um <laughs> I, I, they look fabulous the <laughs> packaging what, yes the one thing i do love about japan is packaging like, oh my gosh, it's on point everywhere you go. Yep, so, you got like the, 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 the slice here, you can see the inside. I, I, I will say that it is a different flavor palette from fruit candy that's like made for children. So it is possible <laughs> that children might not like it because the, the thing about it is it actually tastes like the fruit it's trying to mimic. It's really amazing. See, you see, unfortunately, or I should say this, not, not unfortunately, fortunately, Unlike her dad, um, who has that unfortunate sense of liking things that are like not good for him, she likes those healthy things. So oh. I think this might be a hit. Maybe she might, she's the person. I, I wouldn't go she's the one that's healthy, like. But... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, compared to the chocolate dipped Oreos that were in her room that may not be there anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. When she comes home, that dad might have found. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm assuming maybe a little healthier. Maybe a possibly. little bit. Maybe they are <laughs> coated in sugar, but there is fruit etch extract to some percentage in it, at least. Yeah, you know, that's why whenever I have chocolate, I say there's got to be some cacao or whatever. You know? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. There are worse uh, things in the world to ingest than chocolate. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's it. Especially coffee. Add that too. Um, Stephanie, I, I, I'm rambling. I apologize. Like you know, it's like slap happy for for things that's here. Same here. Could you sh- share with us a little bit about where you're from and just like your life in general? Sure. Yeah. So I'm from um, New Jersey. Uh, for those of you who don't know it, it's on the East Coast. Uh, we have a bit of a complex about um, not not being New York, <laughs> and uh, it. Actually, I I didn't even plan on saying this, but going off of that, anybody here is from New Jersey. When you come to Japan, please tell people that you're from the Saitama of America, because Saitama (laughs) and New Jersey are almost like exactly the same. That's awesome. You're going to make Japanese friends really quickly saying that. Uh, When I say Chicago for us, it's like the middle of the U.S. and And I feel like it's when you tell people that you you know that know of japan but they know of like tokyo mm-hmm. and they know of like osaka and they know of kyoto and there's like nothing in between and i feel like chicago for me is kind of like that same like that Could same like experience Nagoya, maybe? yes 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 that would that would be good when you say that, that's a good one yeah <laughs> like people might not choose to go there like once you go it's kind of cool but i don't know for some people for some reason some people really don't like it and i don't know why from your videos, they're not the typical like YouTube channel uh, ones that you would find, like that 15 reasons to not go to Japan. I feel like your videos are, I like the length of them, like number one, because it's not like you're sitting and watching something for an hour and a half, but they're like short. And on my lunch, I was able to do like quite a few and oh, I felt like I got you. like a, you know, a couple, di- you know, like a couple different things that are there. Did you like go into your YouTube channel like? wanting to be like a YouTuber or did you have another purpose for having that channel? Yeah. In the beginning, I really just wanted to show my family and friends back home what I was up to. And a couple of my older videos, you can kind of, the really older ones, feel free to skip them. Um, You can kind of tell like I was maybe experimenting with like becoming a YouTuber. And uh, I I think I just kind of realized it's not really my goal. It's not really for me. So yeah, even even now, I I decided to just show family and friends and other random people who decide to enjoy what I make, um, <laughs> what I'm up to. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've never ex- never really expected to make it big, so I think that might show in my videos. It's more the um, experiences you have while doing it, and like the connections that you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not making multi millions of dollars. You know, it's more like you know with what you're doing, but the contacts and friends that you make, you know, through doing this, that's kind of like my favorite part about doing yeah. like what I'm doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I like it. I like it. And with you being in Japan. I know you you have like a whole Instagram uh, besides the Steffi says uh, one that is based on one of your favorite things like that you, that you have. Yeah. Um, what are like, would you say are your biggest uh, Japan interests? Yeah, um, obviously, Taiyaki, um, as I've mentioned, yes. uh, I think a lot of people know Taiyaki. It's it's kind of getting popular. Not everybody does. So I'll just go ahead and say it is a fish shaped cake filled, traditionally filled sweet red bean paste, but you can get all sorts of fillings these days. 
um and it's the it's the most heavenly thing ever it's just amazing <laughs> so anyway i love it i really like taiyaki <laughs> um you have, to, you have to find the one that's filled with your fruit snacks now. Like oh my if that gosh, is, like I should some... make a pute taiyaki. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Marketers, like where, are you? where are you? Recruiting? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the collab that no one knew they needed. No one knew they needed, <laughs> but as soon as it hits, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Huh. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess but, I tend to but, go all in on things, I don't know. <laughs> It's the only way, like when I came back from uh, my coffee experience last time, um, I, I ended up buying like drips, stuff to do, drip coffee, mm -hmm. filters, brought back beans. Yeah, there's only one way to do it. And that's like to go completely 100% in for what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, like, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Besides sharing amazing pictures and I like your videos and other things you have, and you have quite a like a wealth of knowledge, uh, I, I feel personally, um, what... Can you tell us, though, because I truly feel you're qualified to speak to this, and I am not yet. Like, I, a month in Japan is not something where I can experience culture shock, but living in the country is a completely different thing. Um, what can you tell us about your experiences with this? Sure. Um, I will go ahead and say that your month is valid. Traveling is also valid, um, but it is it is really very, very different the longer you stay somewhere. Before I moved to Japan, I had traveled and I had also studied abroad for uh, two months in China. So, you know, studying abroad is a little different than traveling in that you technically are living in the place. So I did, I did, before I moved here, I did feel like I understand culture shock. I'm good. Yeah. And then moving here and just the longer I've been here, it's, it, it's really a very deep thing, which changes over the course of your time somewhere. I don't, want to be patronizing to anybody but i i do feel like maybe it's one of those things that's it's very hard to explain to someone that's never experienced it so being reliant upon others to help me with translation or with figuring out you know how to order or those things so frustrating and it was like the longer i was there the more that it bothered me and but i feel like that would be my motivator to finally buckle down and really learn Japanese <laughs> like you know and being be. there and having that you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it definitely could be yeah that's 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 really big because even like I had studied Japanese in community college so I had like a like a base I wouldn't say that I was like able to speak but I was like able to get by um when I moved here but of course like just going shopping or to the convenience or supermarket versus like going to the bank to open a bank account like it's a very different lang language level yes so i feel like even if you've studied japanese like your first year or so here you, you probably are going to need help whether it's from like you know whoever brings you over like if you get a job like you know there might be someone in your company who is in charge of helping you or something when you were setting all of those different things up, is it just something like as you've been there now for a while that you've just become more uh, accustomed to or? Yeah, I was really lucky in that my first job here, they they had an apartment that like whoever the person working there at the time lives in. So like that was a big help. That's huge. Yeah, that job really smooth way to get in here. So that person from my company came with me to the bank. They came with me to City Hall to like register that like I exist here as a foreign resident kind of thing. So I had all that help. And then by the end of my year, because I wasn't starting from zero Japanese, I was starting already from like two years of community college and then 
plus one year of living, um, not actively studying, but living. By the end of that year, when I was leaving that job and like leaving that city to come to Tokyo, I went to city hall by myself. I went to the bank by myself to like close the account. So yeah. And ever since then, I pretty much do everything by myself unless I get something really strange that I like do not understand. So yeah, but you know, not everybody's like that. I have a lot of, of other, um, foreign friends here that they, maybe they have a spouse, so they don't do things by themselves. So it's, I guess it's kind of whatever works for you. Some people are okay to rely on someone. Some people don't like to. One thing that we, uh, chatted about as we led up to our interview today is that living in Japan has given you a lens to view life in a different way than if you had just stayed in the U.S., for example. Um, could you could you share a little bit about that lenses that you, know, that, you that you found yourself kind of uh, looking through with uh, with listeners today? Sure. Yeah, I feel like um, like talking about culture shock. You know, in the beginning, you're just you're in shock, and it's like everything is annoying. But then after some time, I kind of realized like, okay, like I chose to come here for the culture. Yes. I didn't come here because I needed this job. I didn't come here because I need money. I didn't come here because of war. I just came here because I felt like it. And uh, quite frankly, I can and will go home when I feel like it, which, you know, millions of people who move to a new country cannot do for whatever situation they can't go home. So I feel like I've been humbled. And, you know, if I think about every, everything that annoys me or gets on my nerves or makes me feel inadequate, like my situation, while it is very valid, is not the same as, for example, a Brazilian, a Brazilian Japanese or a refugee or like an immigrant who's just trying to get by in the U.S. Like it's just kind of put things in perspective a little bit. What would be the first thing that you'd recommend? Uh, for a first-time visitor to do after they wake up and start in Japan, that you know they they've shaken off that uh, jet lag, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> like they've showered, they've changed clothes, they're stepping out to hit the town for the first time. Uh, what would you say to do? Eat, <laughs> eat some food. <laughs> <laughs> Japan has really good food. Japan has really good food. Yes. And I feel like it doesn't have to be expensive. Like back home, like sushi, especially if you get like, you know, good quality Japanese sushi, it's viewed as like an expensive item. But like food here can be cheap and can be good. So get yourself over, over to the convenience store and get like an egg salad sandwich or go to even like if you want to go to a franchise that's totally fine. I'm not going to knock it. Or if you want to find a Michelin star restaurant, there's plenty of them here. There's a lot of them here and they're not all super expensive. Please go eat. <laughs> I cannot agree more with you. Like some of my favorite experiences are um, Italian food and Indian food that I've had in Tokyo and other places like in Kyoto. And like the people that you find there have like studied you know, in those places with different things and you're having food that's just amazing. And like you said, the price for it, I had like four different meals, <laughs> like at a restaurant, we were finally shooed away because he's like, I'm closing, please <laughs> like leave. That's right. Like, oh, please. I, I love that recommendation. I do often think like with you being in Japan, 
it makes me think about when I'm finally going to end up being there myself. It's like I go there uh, pretty much every year and it's a part of my vacation, part of my time that I'm off. But one thing I would just personally have is like a struggle of like missing, you know, family members that are, you know, on the other side of the world. Like I have a benefit that like my sister and her wife are going to be retiring in the Philippines. So like we'd be relatively close to each other, (laughs) you know? I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a six hour, six or eight hour flight. It's not bad. No, no. And, And how do you deal with that missing of family members and things like that? Yeah, that's a that's a big deal for me. Well, one thing I try to do is I try to remember my situation, which I mentioned earlier, and yeah. the fact that I can and will go home when I feel like it. And I've been home a number of times. You know, I have a job that I have time that I can take off, which is not the most common thing. And I have a reasonable amount of money that I can afford flights every so often. So there's that. But yeah, I, I do really miss my parents, my grandparents. And I think a big difference between our situations is that you're looking to the future, like your family will be abroad if if things um, go as you plan. You're you're looking to the future, so you're forward gener. I'm looking to my past generations. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Quick yes. timeline here. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm thinking about like my parents and my grandparents, and like it is possible to bring parents over here. There are like parent visas, but it's a pain. I'll probably never qualify for it because I'm not a gajillionaire. Like, and quite frankly, convincing my parents to move to Japan is it's not like oh, come on over it's it's the next state line you know like you know <laughs> that's right hop in the car yeah. <laughs> like yeah so I think that's a big difference and till I move home in a couple years just visit home when I can when I have a long enough break from work and FaceTime thank goodness for FaceTime like my grandpa used to be in the military in the military and grandma says like, oh, he used to make a phone call and it cost so much money. And I just cried the entire phone call. Like, it's not like that these days, you know, so. <laughs> it's like, a, definitely there, there's been improvement with that. And, you know, we just both need to win the lotto. Then it won't matter. You just fly Wouldn't back and forth great? as you want. <laughs> that's mm, right. My own private private jet. Plane. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's the only way to fly. I tell you all. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I want to go ahead and take a moment now and just move on to your Instagram and your YouTube channel. And I had already said this, but like, I, I'm jealous of anyone who's beat me there. And I can honestly say that looking at all your different videos, I even love the fact that there's like imperfection to your video. It's not perfect. Very much enjoyable. Could you go ahead and just share a little bit more about your YouTube channel? Sure. Yeah. I like that you mentioned my channel is not perfect. I kind of decided that from the beginning, like I'm Sometimes if I say something really dumb, I'll take I'll take a reshoot. But <laughs> uh, right. like other than that, yeah, like I I don't really like if I have a friend with me filming or if I'm filming myself. Like I almost never retake things because it's and I I don't want to say anything negative to people that do that because some people put out some really amazing looking content, but that's not the direction I wanted to take. So I I think that shows through in my videos that like what you see is what you get. Like life is goofy. I'm goofy. Japan is goofy. Everything is goofy. Like that's the way life is. <laughs> I like it. But, I like it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I really like to travel to different parts of Japan. I think probably the favorite couple of videos that I have up were I went to Hokkaido in the summer and I in the winter. I went to Hokkaido in the winter because it was cold. I went to Hokkaido in the winter and I walked on drift ice like that was such a cool experience like if if somebody has the chance to do that definitely do it 
um, and also Gunkanjima in Nagasaki, which is a little island off the coast of Nagasaki Prefecture. It's pretty much an abandoned concrete jungle. It's like super apocalyptic looking. It was really cool to go there. But yeah, I have a video that I'm working on now, which should be up by the time this podcast airs, is the Nagoro or Nagoro Scarecrow Village in Shikoku, which is really not easy to get to. It, I, I know it's like fa- fairly viral, um, so some of your listeners might know about it. But yeah, it's like, it's really hard to get to. So if you are coming here as a tourist, it's not impossible, but it's not easy. So I, I, you know, I'll be really happy that I can share that with people who maybe won't have a chance to get there or inspire people to. Look how professional you are. We talk about imperfections and you bring it right into the show. I love it. Look at that. That's like it's planned. It's planned. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's planned awesome. imperfections are not imperfections. The goal of my show, though, is to help people get to Japan for the first time or in that being too, though, like make their next trip even better. And I feel your channel feels like you can speak to something I can't in that regard. And that is just being like a solo woman traveler in Japan. And I feel like, Steffi, like we're already get. I feel like we're going to have like another interview later on. And we can go like, you know, even more into depth, like we were talking about uh, in that regard. But like, could you share a little bit of about what that's like? Sure. Yeah. Well, first off, for for people of any gender, Japan is really solo travel friendly. There's a lot of restaurants that are like there's a lot of Japanese people who who are kind of loners, um, unlike you know, in Western culture, it's like, you don't have friends, what, you know, but here it's like, I just, I just, it's more like, I like to do my own thing and that it is what it is. So um, it's like, it's more accepting of that overall. So there are plenty of like restaurants that are like literally geared for one person. Like they, they don't have tables for two people or if they do, it's not a whole restaurant. So if you walk around by yourself, nobody's going to judge you like I feel like a lot of Westerners like I don't want to go out to eat by myself I'll guess I'll just eat in my room like you don't have to worry about that at all but yeah as as far as being female it Japan is generally a very safe country things do happen it's not like you know paradise where nobody ever gets hurt or anything generally it's safe I hitchhiked one time not literally hitchhiked but like someone offered me a ride and I took it and my other female friend hitchhiked well that's hard to say hitchhiked (laughs) and like we are both still alive to tell the tale yes so yeah i would generally say it's safe you know there there are things that happen to women more than men obviously like i had an illicit photo airdropped me one time in a random train station yeah and i this has not happened to me but i have heard stories that other women have been like alone in a park just enjoying themselves and some man exposed himself so like things do happen train groping is a big thing again that's never happened to me um but it's not like it doesn't happen to foreigners like i've I've heard other foreign women say that they've been groped on the train um and also upskirt photos are a big deal especially in train stations like going up the stairs to the platform like it happens but that said i have only felt like actually unsafe maybe twice in my entire four years here which is like if i were living in like new york city or la it would like literally every day (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) yeah so i I would say it is generally pretty safe um i did have a guy this is this is not this is a bit strange i i did have a guy like come up to me and make fart noises one time 
I was like, yeah, I was waiting by myself at some small crosswalk in Nagasaki City, and this guy who must have been in like 50s or 60s just came up and was doing like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, maybe he's not doing it at me, but he like also stopped to wait at the same crosswalk and continued to make fart noises at me. Like that that humor, you know. Sometimes we never leave. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a bit. That's a, that's an odd. That's an odd one. It was, it was definitely a bit strange. Like at that point, I don't know. Is it like? Is it sexism? Is it xenophobia? Maybe both. Who knows? Yes, 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 yes. And it's like, or right. it's like, you're like, it's just somebody dealing with. Yeah, some like, sort of I, it might, like it really you know? might not be about me. Maybe he walks around making fart noises. I don't know. To everybody, the, the locals know him as the, the fart noise guy. Oh, that's fart noise guy. <laughs> hey, right. good morning, fart noise guy. That's right. <laughs> I spent some time prior to our interview, like I've said already, watching your YouTube channel, and you do have some very valid uh, and some wonderful, uh, you know, Thank stories you. that you have there. Can you share with us a little bit about your experience with delivery? Yes, I can. Um, yeah, I I have a video up about this actually where my friends and I ordered some Pizza Hut and some Domino's like I did a, a like a two-part video uh just trying to get like the wackiest pizza flavor pizza toppings and yeah like potato and corn and mayonnaise are big uh uh seaweed are common pizza toppings here in Japan which make it really uh wonky. <laughs> um yeah, like I don't know, the taste might not be horrible it's just it's very strange to mentally take in <laughs> it's like, you know of the, of the things i saw you eating like the, I, I think i was most okay with like the mayo and like the corn and you know like you know other ones like that um you know there, there was some really cool just different experience that's one thing i have not done despite my numerous trips it's always like that thing of like i, I have my phone set for japan so like the store and things are there so I do want to do it maybe with my son there. I'll finally, you know, pull the trigger. But like pricing. It's so expensive. Yeah. I, I, I can go to the Domino's and for like $8 leave with a large. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. I think because here it's seen as like a party food. Like it's seen okay. as like, it's like, it's kind of funny, the reversal. Like here, sushi can be really cheap. But in America, sushi is generally, well, it can be cheap if, you know, but sushi is typically expensive. But so like it's kind of like the opposite which makes sense given the locale if if you think about it it makes sense but it's pretty expensive but yeah i mean it's it's kind of fun like if if you're not a pizza purist or you can get over yourself for a couple of minutes uh, which i <laughs> work on here now and then um it's it's kind of fun to do like just just for fun like oh what what is the wackiest japanese topping we can get but um yeah, yeah the, japan actually does have good pizza um, by Western standards, too. You just, it's really interesting because a lot of Japanese chefs actually train in Italy. So a lot of pizza shops will have actually really good Italian style pizza, which is very different from New York yes. American style pizza, with, which, which like most Americans know. So, like American style pizza, New York style, I should say, I'm sorry, because is Chicago style, is it actually the deep dish pizza? Because I've well, heard that like Uno's pizza is not actually Chicago style pizza. 
it, it, it varies on who you talk to. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it, it's, I think okay. it, 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 it's all of that. And I don't think it's like, it has to necessarily be deep dish, but I feel like okay. a lot of people, if you talk Chicago, that's, you know, like what you that's have. What you, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just the, a thicker crust, you know, like not necessarily, okay. you know, as large of a slice and stuff like that. And regardless, I, I'm not picky. Uh, when it comes to food, so like I love it all. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, fair. That's that, fair. That's a problem. That's and it's a problem at times. So. Yeah, yeah. It it it's it's great in some ways and causes issues. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for Chicago style pizza, actually in Tokyo, there's a there's a Tokyo franchise called Devilcraft. If anybody wants Chicago style pizza, I would recommend there. But for New York style pizza, because of where I'm from, I am total pizza snob um <laughs> there are like maybe three or four shops in tokyo but it's really interesting because when i travel throughout japan i don't really go around looking for american or foreign food like i want whatever is the local kind of thing but um in nagasaki and kumamoto i randomly found like what claimed to be new york style pizza and okay. it was it was really funny because like nagasaki is really famous for chinatown so i was like walking around I was like stuffed on Chinese food. And then I saw this like map pin and it was like, wait, this looks like New York style. <sighs> I guess I gotta go eat New York pizza. <laughs> you know, this world needs more heroes, right? That's right. That's not all heroes so, wear capes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I waddled on over. And it's actually, it's, it was really good. So in Nagasaki, there's couch pizza. And in Kumamoto, there's pizza Yankee. Both really good. Both excellent excellent new york style pizza i don't know like I, I haven't besides tokyo and kyushu i haven't found new york pizza elsewhere i think there might be some in osaka maybe i've heard but so like i don't know is it like a kyushu thing like kyushu people love new york pizza but the, the guy in couch pizza in nagasaki told me like i asked him like how did you how did you train to make like new york style pizza he told me he literally went to new york for two months and ate pizza three times a day Wow. And like, yeah, like he didn't, he didn't go to any school. He didn't do any training. He just ate pizza three meals a day. He like, he, he speaks English enough to take your order, but he doesn't like to speak, speak English. So it was just like, you are an amazing person. <laughs> that's, that's dedication too. That's Honestly, I love about it. Like, it, like it's, it, 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 it's talk about going all in on something like that is dedication. Yeah. So please go to couch pizza. If you go to Nagasaki. <laughs> uh I love it. Love it. Uh, Steffi, like there are some people that are out there. I'm sure they're listening right now that would love to start their own uh, channel, like their own YouTube mm. channel. And it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, like Japan when they're doing so. But what advice could you give to someone that's thinking about starting their own channel? Sure. Um, I guess I would have two pieces of advice. One if you want to, especially if you want to make it big, which is a big reason why I haven't made it big, is you need to be ready to, to network. Like you need to have time to watch other people's videos and other other people's content and to message. And that that goes into a lot of like what makes what makes you make it big. Um, but uh, the other piece of advice is I would say maybe set a goal or a direction for your content from the beginning or or very early on. Like sudden experimentation is. Uh, necessary but you know if if like what i did was pretty much like i just want to document stuff that i do like that's totally fine and that is actually a direction um but if you have something you really like then you you can you should do that and you could do like other stuff 
also not to say you can't but like just having a direction really helps take into consideration the the amount of time that it's going to take to produce the kind of content that you want like my my videos are not amazing they're not the best but they they take a really long time to edit um because i i pretty much i'll go somewhere and i'll take like a two-hour video and i gotta cut that down to like five or ten minutes you know yes. so if i were like a live streamer like you know they 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 pretty much just put the camera on and walk around some city and it's like watch me live on twitch potentially that would be less of your time taken up creating this content so yeah i think that's what i would recommend and, and i agree like the having the focus like i, I find with me like been two years of doing like an every other week show and if I didn't have kind of like that goal of like helping people get to Japan or like making trips better, it'd be hard to keep going or like, you know, like kind of keep not a focus of what you're looking to and not just being like completely scattered, like, like all, all around. Over the place. Yeah. 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 Which yeah, would yeah. be fine. There's nothing yes. wrong with that. Like I spend three weeks re researching like for an episode and like, you know, typing things in for like my day trip ones. But I can only imagine for you, for your episodes, for like video, having to think about like uh camera angles or uh lighting or weather like uh so much more like has to go into like what you're you're thinking about do you have any setup that you're currently using or is it a variety of things that you use to record that is a good question which i, I honestly think this shows in my youtube channel in that i don't think about it that much which is a large reason why my videos do not look perfect. <laughs> Especially now that the borders are open, like so many content creators, you see them walking around with like all this professional looking stuff. It looks really cool. I have an iPhone XS and I have a GoPro. Okay. And that's all I have. Sometimes I think about like wanting to, to get more serious, but then I think about like, I'm going to be spending all this money and I don't actually have that large of a subscriber base. And like, I would rather just spend my money on actually traveling somewhere like yes. so it, it kind of it is all like your own personal preference your own personal financial uh tolerance yeah i i have a lot of respect for people who have the patience to you know properly set up things especially when you're already there like in the moment like somewhere i don't know i just like if if the waitress is like bringing my stuff i don't I don't want to be like, oh, hold on. Can you go back? And, and like, like, I just, I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I can, yeah. You're, you're too hard do, on yourself. It, 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 well, thank you. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just not what I want to do. And I will tell you, uh, listeners of our Steffi's too hard on herself, like go look at her videos. And I would be shocked. Like if you thought that they were filmed, um, on an iPhone, you know, 10 or 10, like, you know, whatever it is, it's here. My humble opinion, uh, wonderful. And you're very kind. You know, yeah. <laughs> with though, kind of like I, I want to get back to Japan and not take up too much of your uh, your day more than we already have, like together uh, right. for this. Um, what are your goals for 2023 and beyond? Good question. This slogan, I actually thought of this slogan while preparing for this podcast. I'm really proud of it. I'm trying to go big and then go home. <laughs> I love it. That's Thank a t-shirt too. Thank That's you. another t-shirt that yeah. needs to happen. Go big and go home. <laughs> oh, I should, oh, I should make that. Maybe. I, yes. You could be uh, witnessing. You and your viewers could be witnessing. 
the birth of my next chapter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, like as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm planning on staying in Japan for just a few more years. So I'm I'm kind of in the mode that I just I want to do everything I can. So I only have four more prefectures. I've been to 43 prefectures and I'm going to Okinawa next month. So pretty soon it's going to be down to three. So I might be able to finish the prefectures this year. But even in regards to that, there are like specific towns that I want to go to, even though I've been to that prefecture. Um, so yeah, I, I want to finish Japan. I want to like continue taiko drumming and get better. And I want to do other cultural activities too. Like I maybe an Ikebana chorus or some other instruments, things like that. I want to continue to find the best taiyaki. And actually this summer, I have scheduled that I'm going to actually train at a taiyaki shop in Fukuoka Prefecture, like how to legit make taiyaki. Amazing. So that, yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm going to open a small business doing translation. I, like, I do not relax. But on a, on, a, on a bit of a different note, recently I realized, because I've seen so much of Japan and I... Planning, when I travel in Japan, it takes a lot of time to plan, but like I can read everything. It's not scary to me. I, I realized that Japan isn't challenging to me anymore, and I'm very comfortable here. I'm too comfortable here. I don't feel challenged, um, which for my daily life, that's like great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like wonderful. But yeah, when I, I like I I feel invigorated when I travel in Japan, but I don't feel challenged. So I definitely want to start getting now that the borders are open. I want to start getting to other countries. Um, I have a trip to Korea and Taiwan booked, and I want to go back to China sometime. Um, I want to get to Southeast Asia. Like I, I want to have that feeling of ooh, I don't speak the language. Am I going to be okay? Or yes, you know, like I can't read that sign. I wonder where I'm going. Like I don't. I I want that that feeling of insecurity again. For my own betterment. I could see uh, you uh, opening up later on in life uh, after your back stateside, uh, your own Taiyaki, uh, you know, stand, you know, in, in New York. Come on. Like, think about that. That, that may or may not be a goal <laughs> long term. That's right. That's right. You know, it's like, ah, oh, it's going to be great. Great. Thank you. We're kind of nearing uh, the end. Like I said, I really uh, can't thank you enough for coming up. Is there... Anything else that you might want to share with listeners that we haven't discussed to this point? Um, I think we discussed a lot. I think what I would like to say directly to your listeners, also you, but your listeners, is don't be so hard on yourself. You know, if you can, if you can't live here, if you can only travel here, that's fine. If you can't yep. travel here and you can only watch content, like that's fine. Like you know, we're all in we're all in our own situation don't be so hard on yourself just just accept what like you're doing the best you can 100 percent, 100 percent. and where can once again uh listeners of lost without japan uh find you to support you and just uh get to see uh all the different wonderful content that you put out um well i'm on youtube at steffi says that's one word S-T-E-P-H-Y says. <laughs> As I'm spelling this, I'm like realizing I'm way out of order. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there's Steffi Says on YouTube. And I have two Instagram accounts uh, at Steffi Says dot Japan. And my Taiyaki, special Taiyaki account is at Steffi dot. No, it is at Taiyaki dot Steffi. <laughs> 
Perfect. 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 <laughs> so, oh, I've had so much fun with you today. Um, Me too. You know, Thank you. Been, been my pleasure. Been my pleasure. Um, on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this interview, and we look forward to seeing you on board again for our next regularly scheduled episode as we continue our discussion on Japan, travel, culture, and your Lost Without moments. So to everyone out there, Oginki Day, stay well, my friends.
Oh. 